Hello world, I'm Jared Cunningham. This is the Freelance Forum Autumn 2022 podcast series. Over the years, the Freelance Forum has been made possible by support from the National Union of Journalists and the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland. You can download the Freelance Forum podcast from Apple Podcasts, Pocket Cast and all good podcatcher apps or listen on SoundCloud. This is episode 49 on the topic of Mastodon and Federated Networks with Carolyn Lillington. Carolyn, can we just start by uh, saying, I suppose, well, first, for uh, because I'm not sure how long it will take to edit this and upload, uh, it is uh, Tuesday, the uh, 8th of November. Hopefully within a couple of days we get this up fairly fast because we want to do a, a topical uh, podcast. Uh, about a week ago, you uh, started uh, pointing people towards Mastodon as uh, Twitter shake-up happened and uh, things have taken off since then. Can you tell me a bit about that and about what Mastodon is and how it might be useful to journalists or whether it will have to be essential even for journalists? <laughs> at the moment, I think it probably is essential if you're, look- if you're looking at the technology sector, certainly, or sort of the um, social interactions between people um, in online communities. But Mastodon, overall, it's a um it's a non-commercial microblogging platform is the official term although uh, twitter is also a microblogging platform so it would be seen as um similar to twitter or an alternative to twitter where you can post um posts of various lengths actually you can post longer posts than you can on twitter and then you can add in other media like you can add images, you can add video, you can add pictures um, as you please. So, and uh, what it it it's it's similar to Twitter, but it's not the same as Twitter. There's some really important differences between the two, um, and uh, the the most important difference being it is non-commercial. It's based on um, what's called FOSS free and open um, open source software. So it's freely available code. Um, anybody could download it if you wanted to be your very own tiny little um, universe of Mastodon. You could do it onto your own computer, although you'd need some technical capabilities. So most people probably want to, won't want to do that. Instead, what you probably want to do is join Mastodon, but you don't join Mastodon dot something com because it isn't a dot com. It isn't a commercial company. Instead, you join a server, which is or which in in Mastodon language is called an instance. But what it really is, is just a community. So you might think of it like um, uh, a whole range of thousands of different communities that can talk to each other and interconnect. The communities have different focuses. There is a Macedon.ie instance, which has lots of Irish people and has been growing crazily over the last um, week in particular. But you might join a community based on the fact that you're interested in computer programming or that you work in the social sciences or maybe that you're an artist or maybe you're some really um, minute subcategory of interest within these larger areas. Um, Maybe you join an instance because of language. 
Um, so there, there'd be, um, or you can join an instance, a community based on the rules for that community and how it's moderated. So these are all really important things that you basically don't have to think about with Twitter, but in many ways, that's the problem with Twitter. You're just thrown into one vast sea of people and everything is controlled by a company in order to make money off of you being a member of that community. So that's there are um, really important aspects of that as well, because if it's non-commercial, it means they're not on Macedon. None of those instances is taking in your data and then using it to serve you ads or selling you and um, the, to advertisers, packaging you up to advertisers, to selling your data to, to, to um, data brokers. And uh, you're not going to see posts based on the decision the platform makes. Um, if you're on a commercial service like Twitter, the posts you see and why you see them is completely mysterious. Um, it's based on whatever benefits the platform and whatever makes it more um, sticky, makes you more driven to stay there, which tends to be um, the virility of posts as not, not, not virility as in being viral, I should, I should stress, um, not being more um, um, attractive in some way. But the virility or that stickiness is really important to a commercial platform because it keeps you there, it keeps you clicking, it keeps you adding more posts, add, which is essentially you're adding more data by the stuff that you put into your posts or the pictures you upload, the ways you interact with it. All of that is just gone. And instead what you do is you see a chronological stream of posts, you won't see promoted posts, you won't see um, posts that come that are recommended to you by your interests. None of that. It, it it's a completely um, just clean interaction with the platform that is there in front of you on your app or on your um, desktop, depending how you decide to interact with Mastodon. Yeah, part of what it reminds me of uh, for older people who have been on the internet long enough is the Usenet experience. Uh, where yes. uh, Usenet was divided into Usenet groups. Uh, my home group, the one that I hung out in mostly, was called Sock Culture Irish, which was half and half people like me who at the time were living abroad and keeping it in touch with what was going on at home, and the other half were people in Ireland. But equally, when the Sopranos came along, I could join the Sopranos news group and see what was what happening there as well. And sometimes there'd be an overlap, like if there was an Irish episode of The Sopranos, you could post something to both groups. Um, that's So there, there's those, all those separate communities. It's not quite the same. A, a, another way of thinking of, about it perhaps is people who are on Facebook. If you're a member of a Facebook page, uh, for example, I'm a member of an archaeology group, the Mastodon instance, the Irish Mastodon instance, would be similar to an, an Ireland page on, on Facebook. And that would have its own moderators, its own rules. There might then be another group somewhere else, which is people talking about soup recipes. And you could get... <laughs> uh, but instead of those being two very distinct groups, what would happen would be if someone talks about Irish soup, I could show that Irish soup recipe to all the people in the Irish group. And then they'd all see things that were happening in the soup group as well. 
So you get these sort of bubbles c connecting with each other, I suppose, is the best way to describe it. Although I think, as with most things on the internet, you can come up with all the metaphors you want to describe it that you can think of, but you really just have to try it out and see how it works. And sometimes that leads to culture clashes as people adjust to a different system to the one they're used to. Yeah, and, and then in many ways, none of this is new as well. I mean, one of the things that I find, as you say, some of us who've been on the internet for a long time, will we'll may be more comfortable with um, something like Macedon than people who are younger and haven't been on the internet for such a long time. Because basically, much of those early communications platforms like Usenet, they were public, they were openly available. Some of them are run on completely open protocols. Um, and uh, there weren't posts weren't being promoted because lots of people interacted with them. For example, you just end up with these long chains of um, emails. You could you could nestle the conversation conversation into um, long threads, and a popular topic would keep resurfacing because someone would add new posts to it. But that's quite different from something being promoted to you because a company thinks if we get you to interact with this thing, well, then maybe you'll also interact with that thing. And also maybe you'll give up some more information about yourself or we can interconnect you to friends. And I mean, really, the, um, the that to me is what is most fascinating about the, the way in which this operates. It's a very new model for something in contemporary. So the social media platforms all of the other ones I can think of that are uh, everyone that is huge really is commercial. Um, for the most part, there are places that that aren't Reddit or whatever, you know, but there's but um, but this is really quite a different experience for people, I think. And part of the difficulty some have coming into it is that it isn't exactly like the place that they've left or are thinking of of leaving. And I suppose just adding on to sort of you, you're talking about Usenet there or other um or or a Facebook page, the difference really with Macedon it's is is that it is as they the, in their term federated. So the di different instances, all these different servers can interact with each other and see each other. So um in that way it's like Twitter in that you're a member and then um, you're able to be seen um, and to interact with people on other instances that may be on the other side of the world and in a completely different, like it might be the soup people interact with the Irish politics people or whatever, just because somebody in the soup people is following somebody in the politics group or the um the uh, the bitcoin group or the um or the um speculative fiction group but um and so it might be helpful just to talk a, a bit about the structure of Ma Ma Macedon because that's quite important in how, because I think a lot of people have been having a bit of a culture shock in that they arrive there. Well, first of all, you have to pick an instance and this is an, or a server and you, you don't just go and click and sign up. And so because a lot of these um, these kinds of projects that are open sourced like this, many of the 
initial users would be far more comfortable with a more technical terminology and background. And even though they may think it's really user-friendly, in actuality, it's not. Because I mean, I'd consider myself a, a pretty much an old hand and I've run discussion boards myself and I can do a certain amount of work with um, really basic code and add-ons and those kind of things um, back when I did, when I had a board. But to be told you're going to have to pick an instance, it was like, good grief, what's an instance and which one am I going to pick? And I don't even know what they're called and I don't know how to find them. You know? There's there's a, a, a tweet that went somewhat viral about it from uh, Kira. Um, uh, she actually posted it on, uh, on Mastodon and then it got copied over to what's now called the bad place by a lot of people on Mastodon who refer to Mastodon as the good place. Which is, she wrote that, uh, I just have to read this, every Mastodon explanation is like, it's very simple, your account is part of a kerflunk, and each kerflunk can talk to each other as part of a bumblert. At the moment, everyone can you can flurgle can see your bloops, but only people in your kerflunk can quark your derps. <laughs> kind of like email. <laughs> and the, the funny thing is, I understand what she's saying, because I know what words to replace now for kerflunk, but for the first week I was looking at it, that was what it felt like. And I'm fairly tech adept. I've been online since the early 90s. So for people who are used to download an app on your phone and it just works, I can see how it could be quite intimidating. But So if you're a journalist, say, in that position, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're thinking that you either need to move to Mastodon or more likely add Mastodon to an array of, of social media activity. What advice would you give to those people with your three weeks of experience? Do you have a head start on the rest of us? Yeah, well, what I would do is, I first of all, I would not, don't panic, because a lot of these initial decisions actually do not have huge implications. I made one post on Twitter saying it did and immediately would like to have revoked it because I eventually realized it actually doesn't matter that much which instance you join. Um, so... What I would do is I would say, just take a little time to read some of the guides that are available. You can easily um, search for them online, but there's there's um, there's one at mastodon.help has a really useful, easy introduction. That's just some Italian guys. I mean, and, and remember a lot of this, these are not people who are paid by Mastodon to do anything. I mean, it's an entirely, it's funded through crowdsourced fundraising so you're not and, and some instances might ask you to pay uh to be a member but you're still this is not a commercial in any way so um a lot of people put up guides or um, um introductions and um we'll try to handhold new people through the process just because they're being really nice and they put up and if you can find some of the different websites that's handy the master the actual mastodon developer page one you'd want to be i think a bit more comfortable with um technical terminology to really go through um that one but like on my profile on mastodon which is actually linked to from within my twitter profile you can just click on that link and pin to my mastodon profile which anyone can go and look at you can see i've i've pinned a couple of handy guides so th th that might be a good place to start as well i did it just like anybody else would i just um did a search 
and read some documents and then got onto Macedon and then other things were being shared. And I tried to save some of those URLs for people. And eventually I just pinned it to my profile because it was being so many new people were flooding on and asking for the information. So if you're trying to get on board, what I would say is, is going back again to the beginning, don't panic, then you need to find an instance. If you're in Ireland, a really easy one to join is just Macedon.ie. Initially, people were having a lot of frustrations trying to join Macedon because they went from, I mean, Macedon.ie, that instance was set up in 2019. It had less than 200 people on it at the in the last week in October when I joined. It's now surpassed 12,000 today, I think. I mean, which is just phenomenal. It's gone from being a, a tiny instance to being a, one of the larger ones. I saw this morning, actually, a thing that just around lunchtime today, uh, one of the uh... One of the moderators had posted that not to panic that they were approving all of the new applications that they'd had and they'd get through them in a couple of hours and there were 500 of them <laughs> yeah, the entire server wasn't that size a week ago i know and so they've had to they've had to upgrade the server four times um since that point i've been in touch with their um their main guy so i've been t getting a few statistics about that because i wanted to write about them because it really is i think it is truly one of the more phenomenal stories within macedon is the irish the the irish instance of macedon well we have a culture of immigration and migration yeah I and and everybody and and it's typical you know irish i mean you know irish twitter started trending as a hashtag on 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 twitter as well because irish twitter it, you know the irish like to cluster together and they all wanted to know what what club are we going to once the pub closes and then everyone needed one place to go to and once i realized there was an irish instance and I joined it, then I thought, well, this is a really good place to, you know, for everyone to be, and mainly because of the what happens next, which I'll explain why it's a good, why uh, uh, Macedon.ie is a good place to start. So unlike Twitter, you don't just create an account or Facebook, you don't just create an account, you need to put in, um, you put in a request to get an invitation to join. So, and then the server, whoever the admins are on the server, they need to approve your application, but it's not like you're applying for a job. They're, they just ask you for a reason, why do you want to join? I just said Elon, that was my entire reason for joining. <laughs> and it was approved pretty quickly at that point because it was really, really small. And I thought, well, I just want to make them laugh, you know, but um, so you'll get a, you'll get an email back to join. If you try doing this, like I said, a couple of days ago when the servers were swamped and you kept getting, didn't, couldn't get through or kept getting messages saying stuff wasn't happening and, or the thing just kept crashing, go ahead and try it now. A lot of the admins across the whole, what they call the Fediverse, the federated universe of, of Mastodon and other applications that work um, together and fit within that universe, um, lots, pretty much everyone is scrambled to upgrade their hosting packages so that they can accommodate the influx of people. So once you get in, you're going to need to create a profile just like you do on Twitter. You've got a little blank, you've got a little elephant head. If old Twitter users may remember, you used to get an egg. <laughs> now you get a little elephant head. Um, my recommendation at this point is 
immediately at least try to, you know, try to get the same name you have on Twitter if you're coming transferring over. And what you so you may I'm Kay Lillington at Kay Lillington on Twitter. I went for at Kay Lillington on Mastodon, but you're ad, you're not just on Mastodon and you're not just at Kay Lillington, what you are is you have a specific address to the instance. So this is a really important thing to understand. So I'm at Kay Lillington at Macedon.ie or it's Macedon.ie backslash at Kay Lillington. So um, people elsewhere on other instances can't necessarily find me unless they know my whole address. And if there's another Kay Lillington off on some other instance and they just search they do the search box only under at K Lillington. They may they'll get the at K Lillington or um, uh, on their own uh, uh, server, or you might get a choice of K Lillingtons if there's six of them. And I've had that ha happen now, where I've tried to look up somebody and I've had um, six or seven different versions. Where and you don't know is it all the same person because you can have multiple accounts, or is it just different people who've used the same user handle but they're on different um, they're on different servers. So that wouldn't be, that would be similar to if you, uh, you know, you could have a, a, a Gmail email that might be, um, you know, um, joe at gmail.com, or you might have joe at yahoo.com, or you, you could have joe on, a, as long as joe isn't taken somewhere else, you could have that address at many different email servers. It's, it's the same in Mastodon. But what you're going to really want to do is get try to get your same handle if you can. And then I'd advise taking the same picture you use on Twitter and use that for your profile picture and do that right away. And you can use the same background picture. You can set up all this stuff. You can bring your same bio over and then... Um, People have a way of trying to find you or knowing, oh, that is the person I know from Twitter. So that's a really handy thing to do. And also um, what a mistake I think a lot of newcomers are making is they're immediately just trying to follow all the people that they knew in, um, in their Twitter life. But the problem is that you come up as the equivalent of just a Twitter egg and a, and a handle. And if it's... People will have no idea who you are and they won't know whether to follow you back. So it's like the more information you go into um, launching your presence, the more successful you're going to be in having people find you and for um, you to have even people who don't know you decide to follow you because they go, oh, look, that person has really, you know, that I see that person's followed me and they have some interests that I like. Um at that point, you're going to be sitting there looking at pretty much a blank screen going, why have I come here and what am I doing? Because in order to start populating your timeline, you need to start following a few people and gaining a few followers. It's more important, though, initially, just follow some people, maybe pick seven or eight people if you can, you can um at this point, so many people have friends that have already gone there. You can probably, or there's plenty of journalists if you're um, looking for other people you know um, professionally, you can hunt us down, um, those of us who've crossed over into the this new universe. Um, the way, because, because uh, Mastodon functions in a very different way from Twitter, it is trying to dampen down unpleasant interactions and self-promotion and 
um, attacks and uh, and uh, things like retweets, which they feel you know the equivalent of a retweet you can't do on Macedon because they feel just you taking someone else's quote and um, someone else's post and putting your own comment on top of it really isn't an interaction. Um, the mindset is they want you to interact with people. So instead, you can boost their posts so everybody can see it, but you can't add your own interaction on top of it. Or they say, you know, the advice is reply to the person and interact with the person who made the post. And um, people who are following you will see your post will come up and they may click into your post for the context of who you're replying to and see the com you know the original post in that way but you're going to be um as soon as you start following people you start uh creating um a home timeline that is the people that you follow and um so that starts to that starts to populate in that way, but you will also see the posts of um, well, you've got your follow. Okay, it's it's there's I should say there's three different timelines. There's your home timeline, there's your local timeline, and then there's your um, Fediverse or federated timeline. So your home timeline is all the posts from the people you're following. That would be your your the equivalent of your timeline on 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 Twitter. On Twitter, yeah. So it's the it's it's um so it's the people that you are following and their posts or their toots as they are kind of referred to, but um but at this at this stage there is there is has been for some time a major push not to call them toots, but still you can have lots of fun with playing around with the fact that they are called toots if you want to do that. Um, then you have a um, a local timeline, which is everybody who is on your instance. So you're seeing all of their posts. This is why it's nice to go to somewhere like Macedon.ie because your immediate local community on that instance is going to be the 12,000 people who now belong and are um, not all of them are, are posting, but you are going to see the Macedon.ie um, posts and what's because it had grown so quickly and because it quickly became sort of the Irish center lots of people have migrated from they might have signed up on other instances and they've changed to macedon.ie just because hey that's where all the Irish people are um, and it is actually not too difficult to move between instances if you decide to change your address. So that's why I'm saying it doesn't really matter where you start out, but Macedon.ie is a good place to start because your local timeline is going to be populated with people you already know, and you probably are going to find your friends and um, colleagues more quickly there. And um, But to me, the most interesting of the timelines is actually the federated one, because it's, it's all of the people on your local timelines posts. Or, and plus, it's all the posts from the people that they follow. So you are getting a whole universe of a, a, an extended world that reaches into other instances everywhere. So you may be seeing things in multiple languages because somebody, you know, I'm I'm following someone who actually follows 200 people. Well, I'm getting all the posts of those 200 people as well as the person that I 
So going back to the going going back to the metaphor area, this would be in addition to seeing all mm. the Irish people, you're seeing all the people who are yep. into soup. <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> and 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 you know, if if you know someone, if you've got a friend who's into Worldwide Wrestling Federation or something, you're going to see all the wrestling people. So you're going to have soup wrestlers as well as the Irish people. And again, the more people across different groups you follow because different interests, the bigger your federated timeline gets yes so your so your federated timeline will expand very quickly as you start to follow people and um and the um so it's it's it is it because now there are so many people on the macedon.ie um instance you are seeing the posts of all the people they follow going through on your federated timeline. So it's 12,000 times, however many people are being followed. I mean, so there's a, there's just an extraordinary range that's flying by at high speed. <laughs> you can set sort of a slow version that stops the timelines from going by so quickly. And, and it's grown so quickly. And there's so many people now that that's probably what, what people will want to do. So you um it's considered um a good idea to post an introductory post as you know follow some people and just get a hang of what other people are posting there's so many joining you'll get a sense of what people are posting as their first post so introduce yourself and use hashtags about your interests that's the other difference between big difference between twitter and mastodon is there is no general search fun function on mastodon so you can't search the, the content of people's um uh, posts instead you search by hashtag so if you identify some of your interests or anytime you mention something or to identify what a post is about so like if I post a picture of my dogs I'll put hashtag dogs or hashtag masto dogs or there's different things like cat or day everyone posts cat so all that is you know very much like Twitter, there's lots of those kind of posts, but people will maybe hashtag if they're interested in um, in geology or um, astronomy or you know or or something very specific within a a, a range of uh, the, what how whatever range of topics a particular post might touch upon. So it takes a little while to get used to hashtagging all the time because on Twitter maybe you just hashtag if it's like the late, late, you know, <laughs> or something like that, or about a particular, you know, it might be something about, um, you know, Leo Varadkar might be hashtagged or something, but on Mastodon. Yeah. People, I think, tend to use a hashtag on Twitter at this stage as a joke, yes. uh, rather than as a searchable function, because the, the algorithm has made it so easy to search that you don't need them, whereas deliberately actually at some stages mastodon is not quite so easy mm -hmm. to search mm -hmm. so it will only let you search for something that has a hashtag because it doesn't want to encourage some of the behavior that it sees as not being a great idea from twitter like for the same reason for example you can't do a quote tweet mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the equivalent of a quote tweet does not exist on mastodon because that tends to encourage a pylon and encourage a mob which is something that they don't really want to encourage the algorithm likes that behavior and this is a much more user oriented uh, uh experience mm -hmm. um 
I was just thinking, just as you were talking as well, there's some other differences. Um, content warnings are a completely are a completely new thing for most people on Twitter. You'll you'll see occasionally people will have hashtag trigger warning or hashtag warning, but they actually work as a you you click a little box, you t type in what the topic is, and people cannot see that until they click a, a button that says show more. So for if you're covering, for example, you're tweeting about racism and there's people that have just had mm -hmm, it up to mm -hmm. here because they're getting racist attacks all the time, they can just keep going and not have to stop and read that and they don't see it. Um, that's a culture <coughs> clash, I think. I mean, there's other ways you can use it as well because people always find new ways. For example, you could write the, a, uh, the lead line for a joke as a content warning header and click show more to show you the punchline. Um, it'll <laughs> also be a gift to all the people who hate spoilers in their yeah, TV, yeah. TV shows if they want to go to discuss it without seeing pl plot points from what from stuff they haven't seen yet. Uh, I'm sure that there'll be lots of more innovative things that will happen along that way. The other one that uh, struck me as interesting is is something that just again people got lazy about and don't do and people tend to remind you more of it on uh, Mastodon which is when you post an image uh, there's a facility mm -hmm. in uh, Twitter uh, to add uh, some text describing the image so that for people who are visually impaired they can get a description of what is there so they're not missing out and it tends to be the exception when people do that on Twitter it tends to be the exception when people don't label images on Mastodon and again it's sort of for want of a better phrase community policing people will give you a nudge if you post an image and you forget to do it hey don't forget that and after three four times it, it becomes part of your routine you you habitually do it and it, it people are changing your behavior on Mastodon whereas mm. the algorithm unconsciously changed your behavior because you learned things that the algorithm wanted you to do on Twitter I think it's very interesting contrast in the experiences it is and that and I think that if you go to Mastodon you might be shocked to realize how much of your default behavior is actually behavior that Twitter or Facebook or Instagram has taught you to do, which is more self-promotional or um, more um, edgy or, uh, you know, the, the clickbaity, the kind of things that you might have done in the past past you know you, rather than boosting a post as you would on Macedon where you just you're 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 sharing the post but you're not putting any comment into it it I think it it's there's a point where you suddenly do um <clears throat> I think realize how many times you might have done the boost in order to get your own um number of followers on somebody else's very viral post perhaps you know you can you can because now you will gain the um the count number on the post because people will um click a like on what is basically the other person's post but your comment is on it so kind of you win the points of the of the likes that's another another um structural thing on macedon that's very different is that you don't see what the like count is on a post as it goes flying past you, nor do you see e e really easily how many followers somebody has, because in a way it doesn't matter because everyone really is equal. 
if all the posts are flying back at, by in chronological order, it, it you know it's sort of a fire hose of data, but it's um, it's not prioritizing. It's not, but you're not getting people's posts boosted just because they're already popular. So Twitter thinks we're going to put this into your timeline. You have no idea. That's why it's there. Or you might see, oh, look at this. It's got 565 likes on it already or 5,000 likes. And you realize, oh, that's probably why I'm seeing it in my timeline. But you don't know the algorithm works in ways that you just have, you have no clue about here. It's just flying on past. And if you go, if you click into a post, then you can see how many times um, it's been um, liked, which is it, not really a like in Mastodon. And instead, you're, you're, um, you're just marking it with a little star as something of, of you know, that you, uh, it's a different kind of indication. And actually it's what Twitter used to have the same thing. And then they changed it to a heart and a like, you know, sort of duplicating. So you're just favoriting something. And then some people, if you click into, some people will say it's not a favorite or it's not a like, don't treat it like a like, just you're favoriting it for yourself. But actually, and then other people will say, no, of course it's a like, because you can see that people have um favorited your post so it is a it, it is a an interaction but it oh i think the difference is that with in twitter you you were you were telling the algorithm you liked it yeah whereas yeah. now you're just telling the original poster hey i like exactly it. and so in that way it is a, it's a better form of like really it's just you're saying yeah this is a you know i, I enjoyed this post but if you want to actually do something to to let other people see that then boost it because your followers on Macedon will not see that you have um, favorited a post. And so that's quite different as well. And that was always a slightly creepy thing that I think really shaped behavior as well on Twitter, because there was a point where um, I know personally, I used to favorite posts on Twitter with that in mind that I was just marking them as something to maybe come back to maybe it was something really controversial didn't mean i liked the sentiment being um uh, uh presented it meant usually maybe i want to come back to this and utilize it in a it's something that i'm going to write and it didn't help that they had a, a bookmark function in twitter but it's much harder to it access. is much harder to access and if you use something like tweet deck it, it you have to send it to lists and then the or you ha you'd have to send it to one of two kinds of files both of which are publicly visible which is actually a little creepy as well because sometimes stuff i saved I didn't really want everybody else to see I'm saving, not because I'm embarrassed about it, but maybe I'm working on a story or maybe I'm, um, it, 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 I was sort of taken aback on Twitter at the point where I realized people were assuming your, your um, favorites reflected your personal politics and that you could see these flame, flame wars beginning to happen over stuff like that. And, um, and then I felt like I lost it. I switched to bookmarking then because that was a more private thing. But so you can you can you can favorite and you can boost. Um, if you're boosting something, you probably want to also favorite it just because that's both a little um, it's a hat tip to the person. Just to translate, a boost is what they call a retweet over on Mastodon. A retweet, yes. So your uh, and boost probably better reflects what what you're actually doing. You are boosting its visibility, and um, 
So those are those are the two key ways in which you interact with other people and just keep them in like if you're boosting something, that means you are not just that post isn't just being boosted within your own instance, say Macedon.ie, it's people all across what they call the Fediverse can see that. And um the Fediverse actually isn't just Macedon as well. It's worth it's worth saying it's like Macedon is designed so it's decentralized and that the running of the platform is actually done by these individual instances and their admins and moderators, which is probably um, a firmer hand on moderation than you would see on um, Twitter or other um, public platforms. Some may find that they feel the discussion is more more constricted than what they would feel um, ha happy with. If that's the case, you can look for a platform. You can look for an instance that maybe has different moderation rules. And usually, the moderation rules, the the the, the instance rules, are on the homepage for the instance where you go to sign up for it. So you can you can shop around for an instance in that way, or you can join another instance. You can have more than one. Um, account, which I'm, and, and you can't merge them all. So they all are appearing just in one place on your timelines. Basically, you're a member of these different places in the same way, if you join a discussion board in one place and a discussion board in another place, and you use the same username, um, it doesn't mean the people over in your soup group um, know that, you know, are, are um, interacting with you as well on your politics group or your knitting group or whatever else you're, you, you belong to. But you can be you, you could pick the same handle, or you could pick a completely different one. I mean, and they, the actual, the, 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 um mastodon uh if you go in and you read a lot of these guys from people who are quite experienced they, they actually do encourage you to do that if you want to do it because you can always close down other accounts or you can move them somewhere else if you just want to have one you know one account or you can forward you can close an account but refer it on to a newer account so interactions will be going to your newer accounts. So it's 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 um, it's very um, nuanced. It's, it means it's a platform that you can interact with in a far more nuanced way because it's decentralized in this way. You can find places that might suit you better as a home, or you can find multiple places as a home. Um, and you also are seeing this huge range of of um, uh, uh, posts by other people. You can also go to an instance and just look at a, the, you can visit an instance and, or you can, if you know, like on Macedon.ie, that's an instance. If you type backslash and then explore on the title, on the, on the web address of any instance, you pretty, most of them have an open stream. So you can look at what's being posted there and you can follow people as the, their stuff's flying by. If you find stuff that interests you or, um, you can just get a feel for what's going on somewhere else, or maybe you get a you get a sense of is that that an instance I want to set an account up on or or move to as well. So there's a lot of a lot of flexibility. And the other thing that's really interesting about the Fediverse um, and the the and um, being part of this federation, which inevitably makes all of us Star Trek fans think of there's something vaguely exciting about being part of a federation. It's not quite so exciting if you're a Blake 7 fan. It's that it isn't just Mastodon. 
I know it isn't just Mastodon. There are there is one basic protocol that lots of different open source, freely available um, um, applications use, services use. So there's there's um, PixelFed, which is a, a place where you can post pictures and then link to the pictures there. There's um, there is other alternative microblogging sites. There's one called MISKEY that is also M-I-S-S-K-E-Y. That's also a member of the Fediverse if you don't want to be on Mastodon. There's PeerTube instead of YouTube. Um, there's um, something called Plume, which allows you to do longer form posts. Um, there's something called Funk Whale, which is like SoundCloud. Friendica, which is basically a Facebook substitute. So, I mean, on a lot of these places are, I mean, obviously most of these you've probably never heard of before, but as you get into Macedon, if you start to, th you, you might want to start exploring some of the, the other um, services that interlink within that you can interact with so it would be like if you're on um, twitter you could interact with instagram directly or with facebook directly you wouldn't have to log out of one you know log into a completely different um platform where you have a different uh, 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 presence and a, a, maybe a different handle or whatever so the, it's it's a this is one of the things that I think is most interesting about it is that there is this very powerful structure there that could also begin to take off um, as Mastodon takes off, assuming people stay with Mastodon, which may happen. And there are other there are other networks out there. There's one called Counter.Social. Um, but people seem for whatever reason to have gone to Mastodon. I think partly it's 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 intuitively uh, on the surface. I mean, as as we're learning, uh, it's not Twitter in a lot of ways. But on the surface, for people who are leaving Twitter, it looks at similar. So I think that started an initial momentum. And then, of course, you have the social network effect. People go to Mastodon because other people are on Mastodon and they want to be where there are people they know. And 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 then Elon Musk accidentally promotes it by insulting it because Paul Krugman joined it. <laughs> I'm sure that that led to a lot of people going, "What's that? Must check it out." And you could see that tipping point happen. I know what's that? I must go look at that. I mean, yes, as 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 Elon um, self-immolates on um, on Twitter, destroys his own company and his own billions that are invested in it. I know that could could we have a more bizarre even even in the even in the possible universe of Elon actions, I don't think anyone quite saw what's happened over the past week and a half since he's taken control of it. Um, I was thinking there there are also there's for people as well if you're getting on board you there are you can download apps for Android or um or uh, your iPhone if you want to interact that way and there's also or you can just go through your browser a browser page or you can there are down um desktop desktop clients you can download if you want to interact with Macedon in one particular way. But one one other strength of Macedon is that inbuilt into it, if you go into your preferences, you can choose what they call an advanced web um, interface, which basically presents Macedon to you um, in a way that like TweetDeck or um, you know, a similar um, third party, well, it was a third party application, isn't anymore because it's owned by Twitter, but it, it enables you to create columns 
And so you can, instead of just having everything um, flying past on one big long timeline, instead you've got, um, you can set everything up in different co uh, columns and pin them. And then you can create lists and lists where, Twitter has lists where you can assign people to a list that you give a title to. And it was a, a good way to, you know, you could follow a range of people in maybe a particular subject area that interests you or, or um, people from a particular company, say, or whatever, maybe if it's in something that is directly related to what you um, write about for work, maybe it's, uh, um, you know, it's, it's your, it's people from an area that where you would be trying to find tweets maybe for, or to learn more about um, what was happening across a range of companies or within education or whatever. You could create lists like that on Twitter. But um, but most people didn't really seem to tend to to do that. Um, but on uh, Mastodon, it's a really good way to sort through all the stuff that's flying past. And also, if you go into that advanced web interface, you can you can um, click into the list. It will automatically create a column, and then you just go up and you to there's some a little slider functions you can you can pin it so then you've added that list to your column so if you want to whiz over and just look at all the um you know the, the dog hashtag you will just get a a, a a column which is nothing but people posting pictures of dogs with the dog hashtag or it's or you know you can you can uh, you can do whatever you and you can add people in as you follow them the people that have maybe a dog hashtag sorry I should have said it's a hashtag within their profile or something you can add them to your list so lists are um are worth exploring but but you probably just want to use the advanced web, web interface to start with if you're using a browser and um pin your three timelines and um maybe your notifications as well so that you can see the interactions other people are having with you and 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 I th I think also the thing that's important to mention is direct messages on Macedon are very different from Twitter, where you you're pretty clear when you're on Twitter you want to send somebody a message. It's pretty clear that you're clicking in and you're sending them a message, and it goes into a little special area of messages. If you're sending um, a message on Mastodon, it's basically designed to just be a regular post, but with a limited audience which it, it it was done to make people to remind from what I can understand it was done to make sure that people understood it is really only a post it isn't encrypted end to end and um it may not it's not fully private because the admins on a server could look at your messages even though that's actually not easy to do and somebody would have had to according to the one of the admins on the macedon.ie server someone would have to have complained about a message for them to be able to access it so it's not like they're all sitting around just scrolling through your your messages but people I was just going to say people should be people should be aware that um, it can be tricky to send a DM. You need to double check really carefully that it's actually uh, you've limited your audience to just the person you want to talk to. And if you mention anybody in that direct message, um, 
they'll see it. So if, if you've got an if you've got someone else's handle in there, unlike Twitter, where you could talk about 400 people and put all of them in by their handles into your DM and um, and talk about them to whoever you're sending the DM to. If you do that on Macedon, there's going to be 401 people all reading that message, the person you sent it to and the 400 people you mentioned. So so um, it, that's a that's a tricky thing I think to for especially maybe for journalists to get their head around because a lot of us would have used DMs um to discuss issues or maybe approach somebody or ask somebody something and it's not you know it's easy to screw that up and post it to the entire timeline basically I had that conversation earlier today with a journalist who was actually setting up and they were asking about how to handle DMs and I I thought about it, and I think I think the best advice I can give is actually just don't do it. Um, put your put an email in your profile, and just have a note there. Don't DM me. Send me an email. Uh, it's still, un unless you're using uh, encryption of some sort, it's still open text. But you know, at least you're not accidentally going to show it to the world because you forget to hit the right code button before you 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 use it. Something like that. You know, it it's a bit of a hack. The, using a DM on, on Mastodon yet so I, I would just not bother just assume everything is, is open to the world and it's supposed to be it's on, apparently on the list to be addressed it's one of the more frequent requests because because it's open source and because anyone can contribute to the code there is an official um, an official Mastodon development team um, but they're all, which would which would update specific versions that would run on a given instance, but but individual admins like an instance might have a little add-on bit because you can hack the code and add something in. Some people actually have DMs that are more, are far more clearly DMs in at least in the way they're identified than you might find them to be on Macedon.ie. But that's the, all the problems are still there if you name somebody else in it they they can they can um they can see that and i actually got about it wasn't until i created a column just for dms on the advanced web interface that suddenly a bunch of posts populated it and i realized what i had thought were just completely open posts were people sending me um dms not anything really exciting it was just people were sending me a couple of links about oh you might be interested in this project or um you know just stuff they just thought it will make it a private conversation rather than have to include everybody in it but that is how easy and i mean i'm a person who's whose professional focus for 25 30 years now has been on cybersecurity and um and how the way in which these kinds of sites, these platforms are structured, and it never occurred to me that I was getting, I didn't even notice that they were DMs. So in those ways, I can absolutely sympathize with people who are finding it a bit um, difficult to wade through what's being presented to them, because a lot of the stuff isn't e easy for um, even more experienced people to understand. But that said, you really don't need to know in a way the one of the problems is you're given too much information like a lot of that stuff all happens on twitter and a lot of those choices are there on facebook as well but they're buried way back into your preferences that most people never 
never look at. And it, I think it would be much easier if you just were told you need to join a community. The communities all have different interests and are run in different ways. If you join a community and decide you want to move, it's really easy to do that. And then here's how you um, make a post. There's there's complicated charts that show if you make a post, who can see that post. And initial and that was one of the things I think that like with Kirok was really baffling to everybody. How come if you post this, but if 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 somebody's on this, then they can see it. But if they're not, then this crowd can't see it. And it was really really confusing. And for about three days, I really worried about that. But the the reality is, once you follow people. And once you start to get followers, and once you're within a community, you're going to your timeline's going to be flooded with stuff, and you basically make a post in almost exactly the same way you would on Twitter. And all those little details of who sees what posts don't really matter because you're who cares who sees you know it's it's like basically the rule is some people will see it on your on your local. Um, instance, and some people will see it on other instances, and you have no idea who might see your post. But on Twitter, you have no idea who sees your post. So, it it actually doesn't matter. They're they're just details. I suppose I should say in that respect as well. Uh, similar to the way that you can uh, lock your account and set it to private on Twitter, there is a similar facility on uh, on 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 Mastodon which can limit your visibility to some extent. Yeah, there is. Yeah, you can you can limit a particular post to like you have you have settings for a post where you can you can set it up. I'm just trying to think what the um the terms are for it. You can you can um set it so that oh, you can be on a particular post or toot, you can set it at a public, uh, you can make it public, which means everyone can see it. So anyone on Facebook will be familiar with that kind of idea. Then you or you can choose unlisted, which means it's visible, but it doesn't show up in any timeline. So if someone went to your profile, the, the, the post would be visible. Maybe it's your introduction or something and you don't want it drifting around or shared across timelines, but you want it on your profile and people would go and see it. I don't know. So you might have a reason for why you want an unlisted post. I'm not sure what that would be. Um, or you can choose followers only. So it's similar to when you have a locked thing on Twitter where only your follow, you know, you, you choose to um, make it private so that only your followers see it. Um, or it's this thing that it called direct, which it includes only the named people in the, um, in the post can see it. And that is the direct message version of um, of Mastodon. So you'll have those four choices. You can see them at the base of your post when you um, decide to make the post. The other thing you can do that gives you a lot more power is you, not only can you, you can block people like you can on Twitter, but you can also block an entire instance, an entire server. If you find that the posts that you're seeing in your federated timeline are consistently coming from um, servers, the same server address, and you really don't like or you're maybe I know a lot of people rushed out and immediately blocked um, servers that have are, are dedicated to Bitcoin and NFTs, for example, because they didn't want to see stuff from the tech bros that you would see on Twitter. So you could you can you can actually block a server yourself. 
and that's something that you couldn't you know it's 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 a it's you couldn't possibly do something similar to that on twitter and the admins can block an entire server as well so that's an interesting aspect of this that gives them kind of um granular control over their own community if there are um for whatever reason perhaps you know the the rules on a given instance are um are more concerned with you know there it wants to focus on giving certain kinds of protections to its users it might block an entire instance that is um dedicated to areas that they would feel might offend or bother or upset people on their own server um there's you know obviously there are issues around that i suppose too that i think will be difficult for macedon as it grows because a lot it, it is very left-leaning it is um kind of ultra protective in many ways and structured around this idea of the content warnings um as a as almost a default for a lot of topics people may feel that that's very restrictive of even um what even just normal kind of banter on politics um and i think there's going i think i think it will be um interesting for mastodon to start to grapple with managing a much larger population um that might want something where exchanges are more robust without them being really offensive or considered attacks i suppose what you'll see is you'll see new instances popping up you know mastodon dot robust or mastodon dot debate or whatever they call it. mastodon debate is something you have to be very careful when you say it yeah yeah and i mean it's um the other thing to keep in mind is you can get a really offensive you can see posts that don't suit maybe your comfort zone on the federated timeline because you will see the posts um from other instances that may have less um have fewer restrictions on how they want content handled and that won't have content warnings and i mean a lot of people are not putting i mean co the content warning thing i think is so different from twitter that that's going to take a while for people to understand how to use it even though it doesn't appear as something that says content warning as you say it's just a kind of a headline and then you click to show more and you'll probably start seeing those posts and you won't even realize that it's anything to do with the content warning setting. I didn't at first, yeah. It's just kind of a nice trim way to put something out there. You can put a you can put a heading on something and then people can choose whether to click into the full post. I just thought it was because they were long posts initially. I didn't realize that was actually the content warning. So it is more it is a more powerful tool. You know, it's a it's an interesting managerial tool or um presentation tool for the person posting that will certainly have other already has other uses and will probably gain more as more people have joined the platform but you're going to you know you can i mean i've i've had one post made it through to me that was full of really offensive words and it was part of a targeted attack on journalists it came through despite the restrictions on the <clears throat> macedon i um dot ie um uh instance you know couldn't unless i had selected all those words and um and filtered them i couldn't have blocked that post necessarily coming through now that i think that whole server is now blocked because it was set up basically 
to troll people. But um, but it is it's not like you're going to go there and 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 you can trust that you're completely secure in in your universe. And maybe if you're um, if you want something that is ultra safe, which probably most journalists are not looking for that kind of um, more sealed off um, existence on on Mastodon or 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 the or a, maybe it's a, a, you don't want that much filtering probably if you're a journalist I would say for most journalists but um, you if if you if if you do want to really limit what you see use your filters within your profile and um, maybe turn off the federated timeline and then you're on your local timeline on the other hand the local timeline is now there's 12,000 people which is much harder to moderate than when there were 174 when I joined you know so so that you're um I think you get to the point where you're just following your home timeline you know occasionally you might pop into local to see what are, you know I could see switching on local um to see what the rest of Ireland that I'm not following is talking about if you have a big shared communal event, the All Ireland Final or the the Late Late Toy Show, where you just want to see that rush of everyone reacting to the little farmer kid with the tractor who's very excited to to be on television or whatever, but most of the time I think people will end up with their own their own follows, you know. I quite like the federated timeline just for the variety of it. And you can also filter by language too. So if you don't want to see posts that are blasting at you in loads of other languages and the, and it's just cluttering your timeline because you can't read them anyway. I mean, you can't, a lot of the instances you can't translate them, but some of them you can. And some of the, the phone apps do have built-in translate similar to Twitter. So that's something to keep in mind too. If you like reading posts in different languages, you might look for one of the apps that has that as a as a feature, um, just so that you can widen what you're what you're seeing. Yeah, I I, th I think there's going to be a lot of changes both ways. I think a lot of people who have learned particular habits on Twitter and so on are, are going to unlearn or modify those habits. But I think that those people all moving to Mastodon, especially all moving so fast together, it, it reminds me of Eternal September, which was a, a similar phenomenon that happened on Usenet way back in, when companies like AOL, which were previously walled gardens, opened up to the wider internet. And suddenly there was a huge yes. influx of new voices. And that those voices will yeah. change Mastodon in the same way that Mastodon will change those voices. So that's going to be quite interesting. And yes. Well, it's interesting because you do see people already who are quite offended by the influx by Twitter saying, now that you're here, you need to learn how to behave in a certain way because, you know, when you join us. And I've been thinking to myself, that's not actually how online communities work, because what what does here mean you know for those of us who are here well how long have you been there did you set up the instance when did you join did you join last week or five months ago or did you join in 2017 or 2019 you know it's a and and also the the very nature of an online community is the community is shaped by its members and you can you can't you're not going to be able to control the behavior or in, ensure everybody has all the same opinions that maybe um, uh, suited you when it was a smaller instance, which is also probably worth mentioning too. It's that it may be 
a lot of the more seasoned people suggest looking for smaller instances um not the, like if you go to mastodon.social which is run by the guy who created mastodon you know, th there are tens of thousands of people on that instance i don't know what it was 60,000 at the point when i went on and it's grown considerably since that point so if you're looking at your local timeline you're getting posts from 60,000 people or however whatever proportion is active there um but even mastodon.ie now is really large cuz 12,000 people is quite a different proposition from a couple of thousand say which is a you know you're you're talking about something that's getting into onto um a, a serious level of scale and um it'll be interesting to see what happens do these have hit problems where they can't scale up anymore or is it possible to tell yet i think not necessarily well i think one well sort of yes and no i think that for some as long as you, you you have to have a certain number of admins and moderators compared to your population and for the for the instance to run efficiently otherwise you'd completely lose control of um the moderation element of it and if people are so so there's that element there's also people will vote with their feet so if they're not happy on the instance because it's just gotten too large or they feel that the moderation values that they came there for are no longer being enforced, then you might go somewhere else and you might go somewhere smaller or a set of you might find, you know, you might center on somebody who knows how to set up an instance and a bunch of you group together and you launch a thing and you crowdfund, you know, the host, the costs of hosting for the year. And um, so I think, I think the strength of something like this is that, you have so many small communities, but you have this huge federation into a lot, a, a massive, um, uh, a massive community. And there's a lot of ability for the members to move around amongst those smaller communities that are all moderated on a smaller scale and yet feed into something that is larger. And there are some consistent values across um, all of Mastodon, which you know is it's it's left leaning with you know more progressive values i suppose there there have been cases where they've had um you know a, a sort of nazi leaning people try to set up an instance and it was fair it were kind of anything goes a kind of a truth social for mastodon i suppose and it was very quickly blocked across the feder the federation of um instances so that nobody was they were talking to each other much as everyone's doing on parlor or truth social but they weren't interacting they weren't interacting with everyone else and and this server that seems to have been set up just to troll journalists instantly you know it, it was set up very quickly before um it, where so much was happening that it got kind of lost in the noise and they were able to do this one, you know, um, mass posting to people. And then the server was, you know, I know it was blocked immediately on Macedon.ie because I was in touch with the um, admin there. And I presume it probably was across, across the federation of other instances. And, but at the same time, like that's a lot of power too. It's like, you know, if you you have an admin who decides to block instances, that's, 
decreasing what you see. And again, comes back to this, um, it would be interesting to see how how this, uh, the Fediverse grows and whether people stay with Mastodon and how you manage a greater diversity perhaps of um, comfort levels and opinion and um, forms of expression than what was there when it was much smaller um for better for worse i don't i don't know it could go in many different directions but it is a very very um i i th i think very um interesting phenomenon to watch right now because um it's such a challenge to all the platform commercial platform companies right now who i think must if i were in facebook i'd be you know facebook slash meta i'd be watching this pretty closely and not feeling um really happy that um you know uh, at least you know a million plus people have discovered a new platform where you can see how fast from the server statistics the fediverse is growing and once you hit a tipping point, people people have kind of forgotten because the social media environment has been so stable as well. And it and it it's it 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 switched to commercial as the um as the uh, uh, foundation where that the commercial sites weren't the foundation of um, online communication in you know pre um uh, 2007 or 8 when a lot of these services began to appear i suppose and um people and also the services turned over fairly quickly you know not many people now remember bebo and myspace you know but a lot of people slightly I know exactly. <laughs> you know, people had people had accounts at those places and then left and everyone went to Facebook. Um but they could all leave Facebook as we can see Facebook's worried right now about where people are going to. People may if they go to Macedon and suddenly realize, you know what, I'm I'm my data's not going anywhere when I'm here. Like I I have control over my um my presence here and i'm not being gamed by algorithms and i'm not being forced into these confrontations and also a lot of that grief is filtered out for me and this is a more comfortable space for conversations um it's used in a different way um you could continue you could see numbers continue to rise and new similar services join the fediverse and people feeling like well why should i stay on facebook i'll go over to something i can interact with on the fediverse and i suppose it is uh, journalists i think it's it's worth just noting for journalists that that again mastodon is not twitter and it's used in different ways and already people don't really um take kindly to having journalists come in and make announcements about um about you know what who they want to you know contacts and promoting stories and I, I, it's just it's it's it has a very different feel i mean i put up my own column because the week before last after i had joined and you and i must say even doing something that basic you kind of stop and you think okay do how do i want to put this up whereas on twitter you might just slap it up there and then you might retweet people's comments 
pro, you know, supportive comments about whatever work you've put up. And so Twitter kind of forces you into that self-promotion, even if you're really uncomfortable with that kind of self-promotion. I think a lot of us as journalists have um, have grappled with that issue because you feel awkward um, being pushed to do something that wouldn't it wouldn't normally be in your nature to do. And on Mastodon, you probably don't want to be doing that. It, it's good to sort of sit back and get a sense of what works and what doesn't work in the kind of language you might want to use and how you might want to use it too. And not to talk at people, just you want to be talking with people. And I think that's one of the big differences. It's it's the it is much more uh, much more value is placed on the interactions that you might have with other people rather than just trumpeting an announcement about yourself. I can't remember who wrote it now uh, initially, but I saw someone I think wrote a Substack which they then promoted by posting a link to it on their Mastodon feed, basically suggesting uh, putting forward an argument that you know if you're the Irish Times or RTE or any other news outlet that one of the things you could consider is having your own instance, mm -hmm. which is basically populated by your own journalists. And this has several advantages. Uh, first of all, it's a verification tool because there's no blue check. Mm -hmm. But if you're controlling that, you know, Mastodon.rte is only RTE people, then that, that you know that those aren't imposters pretending to be Philip Boucher Hayes or, or whoever else. Mm. Um, and also, because it is a news, very much identified as this is a news instance, this is for news, it doesn't hit some of the issues that you might get on other service with uh, whether or not this is a place for news stories and for pro publishing those uh, updates on politics that people don't want to hear because that's a different instance. People can choose to follow it or not follow it. Mm. So I think there's going to be a lot of interesting things like that are going to happen. There's going to be a lot of innovation happening as more people flood into the space and people try and figure out, okay, how do I make this work for me? It's interesting because there were some, you know, when I was on there, as that suddenly the growth began to take off, a lot of people coming on were saying, where are the journalists? Can we, con who's on here so far? Can we confirm who you are? So we know who you are. I mean, part of that was assuming that Macedon was going to be like Twitter and you would you would want these journalists as, I suppose, you know, uh, reliable sources or filterers of information. People have started also on their Twitter feeds, in their profile, putting their Mastodon links. And that, that's another verification method where yeah. you look up, the blue check is pointing to someone on the, well, blue check this week who knows what they're going to be worth next week when they're 899 i know it's and which was which ironically was set up initially as sort of a trust it wasn't it wasn't set up as a you know let me flash my blue my blue check as because i'm a member of an elite but it kind of quickly became that way just because they were hard to get and 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 no one really knew what the decision making process was but really they were initially supposed to be so that you knew if somebody with a, you know, a politician or a journalist or what, or a person who ran a company, you know, an Elon Musk was actually that person. But of course, you know, God knows what we're going to get now over there. And I'm not, and it's, in, it'll be interesting to see how um, all of that plays out in the Fediverse as well. But I can say, I mean, just from the short time I've been there, I've found it a, 
a breath of fresh air in the way in which you interact with other people. And also, I've learned much more about people who otherwise you would only see their little short tweets going past. Um, and I found so many interesting people to follow just who are in areas that I, um, I also found interesting on Twitter, but often found it more difficult to find them. But because people can do a longer intro, you learn more, you know, they're, they're a geophysicist focusing on volcanoes. I'm going, yes, you know, that's what I know nothing about this, except that I like volcanoes. So I'll follow this person, you know, or um, I, I like that aspect of a, a bit of a deeper dive. And also people tend to be talking more about stuff of substance rather than saying, you know, uh, uh, I'm thinking of making hummus today or um, just had a huge dinner at such and such, you know, so it'll be, it, it'll be interesting to see how, how people start to use it and how it Macedon changes because of this influx of people who are used to Twitter and maybe have a different point of view about how a social media platform might work for them than um, some of the people who already were on Mastodon felt um, a social media platform should work. So we're all in the middle of a big experiment basically right now. But I wouldn't think it's going away, you know, it's uh, um, at the same time, I don't feel like if you're on Twitter and you're comfortable on Twitter, you don't need to um, up sticks and rush off and run to Macedon as an alternative because it still is pretty sparsely populated by the kind of things most journalists might have been following on Twitter, which might be um, people in um, authoritative people in across different um domains of knowledge or um, politicians or uh, organizations that you might be looking to for whatever they might post up on their Twitter feed or announcements or comments or, you know, it's um, Macedon isn't that right now. I don't know if it'll ever get to that point. Maybe it'll be something different. Maybe people will have, maybe Twitter will crash and burn. So there's no choice, but to go other places. It's, um, it's not looking great right now, is it? You were trying to demolish a, a very large investment. You couldn't do much better than what Elon Musk is doing right now. To borrow uh, another pun that I saw today on Mastodon, thank you for the tutorial. <laughs> well, I, it was a bit scattered, and um, but you know, I hope that there's something there that is helpful to people. Um, but really, I, I, I suppose, you know, just if, if people take one thing away from this, it would be don't be intimidated by it and don't feel like you have to understand exactly how a platform operates. You never had to learn about how Twitter or Facebook operated and in order to use it. And you will find if you've been on Twitter, you will find it a very familiar environment. Um just get in there and start doing things a bit gently, which I think we've all forgotten. That's what we did when we first joined Twitter, perhaps, you know, I can remember hardly following anybody or having any followers and not really knowing what I was doing there or what kind of thing you would put a tweet up about. And, um, and I didn't use it very much. My experience was, I mean, Twitter, I, I saw about it somewhere. I opened an account and then, I looked at a blank screen and I didn't know quite what to do and I left it. And then I can't remember quite how, but 
I think it was like someone posted, I think someone on Usenet posted a link to a live journal which was documenting in real time RTE changing its website in order to throw the portraits of Brian Cowan in the National Gallery down a memory hole. I don't know if you remember that story. And, and, and people were sort of posting screenshots and then t 20 minutes later here's another screenshot and another paragraph has been erased. It, w it was like those old photos of Stalin and all the peop other people in the photo kept disappearing. <laughs> and that was my introduction to Twitter because from LiveJournal I found Twitter which was updating much faster and that was how I arrived but it was several months after I'd first opened the account and I, I, the same thing with Mastodons I think six months ago if not more I opened a Mastodon account didn't really do much because as I say it was the Kerflumps and the and the Purgles and the Nerks and I, I didn't really have the patience to do anything about it until this week and what made me take the few minutes to sit down and figure out what was going on was the fact that there's now people there and it's people that will bring you to a social network people that will make you want to be there people that will make you take the few minutes to learn how to do it rather than just moving on to the next thing in the next click so yeah. i think that's going to be the experience for a lot of people whether they go to there or they head over to tiktok or yeah i mean people forget that if you went to tiktok it was like this was not at all like other places that you, you know, wasn't, it wasn't quite the same as being on Facebook, wasn't the same as on YouTube and sharing a video. It was, wasn't really like Vine, if you use that to share it on Twitter, you know, it was just like this completely different thing. And the algorithm was serving you stuff up in a completely different way, which was really baffling and confusing to people. Then you gradually get the hang of it. And then, and then you start, your behavior starts to be shaped by the algorithm again. You know, that's the interesting thing is on Macedon, that's not going to happen. It's a straightforward interaction. It, 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 your behavior may change, but it's not changing in ways that, um, at least at this point, it would. Uh, it seems to me it would be quite difficult to use Mastodon to engage in the kind of um, disturbing behavior that is almost um, that is promoted by um, Twitter and Facebook, just because it makes more people click. In that, in the algorithm tends to boost that kind of interaction and think, well, more people should see this because obviously this is popular. And, and it also makes me wonder, there are people who are um, whose profiles on Twitter, whether they're journalists or um, other um, public figures, who very much um, uh, enjoy that environment or benefit from that environment and are very, uh, you know, are uh, rough and tumble in the kind of posts they put on onto Twitter and they have huge followings because of that. And it will be, um, you can't really reproduce that because of the way Macedon is structured. It will be interesting to see if those people just get so frustrated that they leave Mastodon or do they change in the kind of stuff they're posting. I have a few, a few individuals that I'm watching closely because I would know they are they would be known for being quite pugnacious on Twitter you for better or for worse I mean for you know for some of us it's a good laugh but it's like at the same time sometimes you know people will will at even people who consider themselves to be um you know the um the model citizen of tolerance you would find would actually actively use 
Twitter to attack other people that they disagreed with if you were not of the same set of opinions that they were or their circle of friends were. So it would make you realize that even people who are who are thinking of themselves as being very welcoming and um, and who hated Twitter because they felt it was full of people attacking them really failed to see when actually they were doing the same thing, but somehow it was okay because it was somebody of a different, um, holding different opinions to you. And sometimes the opinions could be really offensive, but nonetheless, it's still Twitter encouraged that kind of behavior. Um, you know, so there's a, there's a it, it, Macedon won't enable people to do those kind of um, direct attacks on named individuals because you'll just end up being blocked or banned, and then you'll be sent off to you'll have to try to find some other instance that will take you. You know, so even people who who don't think of themselves as being perpetrators of unpleasant behavior on Twitter, I'd say if we all go back through our tweets, we may find out that Twitter actually encourages that kind of behavior in many ways. And we may have said and done things that we would never think of doing in real life interactions or say, you know, if we were being interviewed or whatever ourselves or making comment on a radio or television program as a journalist, but we would say those things on Twitter. So um, yeah, now it's a big social experiment to see what, what happens next, I suppose. All right, thanks a lot, Charlotte. Uh, and to everyone out there, thanks for listening. This podcast was put together faster than usual uh, in response to obviously fairly fast-breaking developments that we thought were worth covering about uh, the rise of Mastodon and how it would influence journalists. Uh, to everyone listening, thank you. Stay safe and stay, take care. This has been the Freelance Forum podcast with Jared Cunningham. The forum is brought to you by the Dublin Freelance Branch of the National Union of Journalists and made possible by network funding from the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland Sectoral Learning and Development Programme. Music is from podsummit.com, released under a Creative Commons Zero license into the public domain. I'm Jared Cunningham. Thanks for listening. Take care and stay safe.